Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile. You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. If you are anything like us at Thrift Books, you love books. You know, real books. Made of ink and printed on paper. With over 13 million used and new books, starting as low as $3.99, Thrift Books has your next great adventure. Affordable textbook or cozy afternoon. Any format, edition, and condition. Right at your fingertips. Visit thriftbooks.com slash podcast and find your next favorite book today. For the love of books, Thrift Books. It's official. Real Ghost Stories Online and The Grave Talks will be live at the Crescent Hotel for one night only, August 11th, 2019 at 7 p.m. And you are invited. I'm Tony Bruschi from Real Ghost Stories Online and I can't wait to meet you at the Crescent Hotel this August 11th for an awesome night of ghost stories. We're going to have a lot of fun at the Crescent Hotel that night as we record an episode of Real Ghost Stories Online live. The stories on this episode come from you guys, the audience, live at the Crescent. Then it's a live episode of The Grave Talks as we talk with Crescent historian and paranormal investigator Keith Scales. We'll learn all about the history of the hotel, how it came to be, why it's haunted today, what goes on at the Haunted Crescent Hotel, and allow you guys to ask your questions as well with a live Q&A segment. It's a fun night full of ghost stories at the historic Haunted Crescent Hotel, a hotel that we've had many stories from shared about over the years here on the show. Tickets are only $25 a piece and are on sale now. Go to realghoststoriesonline.com and click on the Live at the Crescent Hotel banner to purchase yours. They are very limited, though, and when they are gone, they are gone. Real Ghost Stories Online and The Grave Talks live at the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, August 11th, 2019. Get your tickets now at realghoststoriesonline.com. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, a grandmother begins to receive mysterious messages in her dreams, but what do they mean? It wasn't mom who left the lights and TV on overnight, so who was it? And the spirits of an old farmhouse leave a message for the living. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now. At 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. You can write on the website realghoststoriesonline.com if you like the show. Become an extra podcast person. We call them EPPs. You get access to our 
EPP bonus episodes, brand new ones every single week, only for EPPs, packed with our best ghost stories. Uh, you also get to access uh, to uh, our advanced episodes weeks before they go to the public. A free e-copy of our Amazon best-selling book, Real Ghost Stories, Haunting Encounters Told by Real People, uh, and more. It's all there at uh, ghostpodcast.com or through patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hi. Did it all in one breath. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, I wish. That'd be kind of interesting. I, I could do like the circular breathing. Oh, yeah. Like the Kenny G Kenny G it up. Yeah. <laughs> be great. I wonder, did you ever like wonder how the, how the, that's done or did, can anyone do that other than Kenny G? Is that, I have no idea. It's like a lizard person. So I have a question for you. Yeah. How old is your office chair that you're sitting in? Um, 1912. I'm thinking you need a new one. Do Why? You, What's wrong with my office chair? This you, isn't that old. Do you realize how much it leans? Like you are like leaning really severely. Well, maybe you just need to tighten the, the bolts on it or something. No, I don't think. I think you need a new office chair. No, I like my office. I think it's only like... Several inches. It's not good for you. You sit in it all day like It's that. leaning forward? No, it's leaning sideways. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I think you're on a slant. No, your left side is a good two or three inches lower than your right side. I'm, I'm really, yeah. Oh, I know I do. No, I, I don't know. It's probably, I got this. We would have been in the old office, um, at the, at the old house. So I don't know, probably five years. Cause I got it. I got it when I got rid of my old desk. Mm -hmm. It was like, I got my, I still had the old desk and then I got rid of the desk and then I just was going to, and I was sitting like in the studio type chairs for five years and mm -hmm. realized that's hurting my back. And then I went back to the desk desk and then brought this chair. So about five years, I think it's probably had like maybe two and a half years of use. You're like this on it. I'm leaning. Your whole chair is leaning, not just your body. Do I lean when I walk? Like, not yet, but it may happen. Like smooth criminal? <laughs> yeah that's great is that what i look like right now like smooth criminal yeah you just like right like, like D -d 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 -d. you've been touched by smooth criminal stop every time okay <sighs> okay well there you go we'll start a we'll start a gofundme <laughs> for a, tony needs a new desk chair and uh we'll set that up um i actually tried to auction off a studio chair once yeah uh in michigan uh, it was a studio. <laughs> you want to talk about a bad studio chair? Holy shit! That thing looked like it could be haunted. Um, it had like I think it had been in the studio since like 1988 or so, and this was I don't know 2005, six or so. Um, but it was it was a big top 40 station, so a lot of like people listened to this. It was like the station that you'd listen to. So there's a lot of people who'd come and gone through that studio, and I thought, well, that's kind of neat, you know. The people who've sat in this chair, I'm, I'm thinking of the sentimentality, not like all the farts and everything that are okay. into the this cushion that doesn't exist anymore. Um, so I tried to auction it off for charity. Like nobody wanted it. No, nobody, nobody would want that. Nobody Tony. wanted the studio chair. I'm like, and it wasn't like me. I didn't think anything of me sitting. I just thought because there have been some like long term personalities who had come and gone out of that station. I think that's a case of you assigning too much sentimentality to something. I think it is where it's like there's five of us. That happens sometimes. Who uh, who get that. So there you go. There's uh, like three other Asperger's people who bid on it and that was <laughs> it. And it was like, yes, this is great. You'll love it. Isn't it awesome? So there you go. 855-853-4802 uh, is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. You don't think this will end up 
in the uh, the Brewski Museum of the Occult that we're going to build in the back of the house? We're not doing that. No. It's like collecting haunted shit. No, we're not doing that. Okay. Uh, let's go to our first story. Hello, my name is Anna. I'm from Arizona, and I have been an avid listener since I discovered your podcast about a month ago, thinking of becoming an EPP soon. I've called before on two different stories, but thought about writing you to tell you uh, this story. Today's takes place in my parents' home, which they still live in now. We moved into that home when I was about five years old, and I recently moved out as I got married not too long ago. But my parents and younger brother still live there. Even though I've had about three or four experiences in this house, I don't believe it's haunted. I feel like if it were really haunted, I would have had way more experiences for the 17-year 17 17-year 17 time period that I've lived there. It's just that the few experiences that I've had just don't have rational explanations. We're also the first and only family to have lived there as it was newly built. So I know the house doesn't have a crazy history. My first experience took place when I was about eight or nine years old. It was a Saturday morning and my mom and I were doing chores around the house. My mom was somewhere in the kitchen living room area. My dad wasn't home. My brother was a toddler at the time and I was clearing and cleaning my room. My bedroom window faces the front of the house, so when the curtains are pulled back, you can see the front lawn, the street, and the front door to the neighbor's house beyond. That morning, my curtains were completely pulled back, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw a man with black hair and what looked like a white suit walk across my window. I get a double take, and he was gone. I remember thinking to myself, why would a random guy be walking on our front lawn? I ran outside and looked up and down the street, but all I saw was a few neighbors doing lawn work a few houses down. I went to my window and checked for footprints, but nothing was there. I didn't feel scared or have negative feelings about what I saw. I just felt confused. When I told my mom, she said it could have been a guardian angel, as I described him wearing white. The next experience happened sometime after that I was about 12 years old, and at that time my mom's work schedule would fluctuate, so sometimes she had a night shift. On those nights, I'd hear my mom in the kitchen preparing lunch for my dad and breakfast for my brother. And so when my dad would wake up and go to work, he had his lunch ready. And when my brother and I would wake up and go to school, breakfast would be ready. And we all had to do, a, uh, all we had to do is put it in the microwave. During these nights, my mom would sometimes turn on the TV to low volume and have some background noise. One night I woke up because I heard the TV on full volume and I thought, ah, oh, mom will turn it down soon. But after a while, the TV was still blasting. I got upset that my mom had disturbed my sleep and didn't have any consideration for the rest of us that were trying to sleep like the ever they were trying to sleep. When I walked out of my room, I realized that the lights of the entire house were on. Hallway light, living room light, kitchen, etc. I reached the TV and turned it off. I looked into the kitchen and everything was cleaned. No smell of freshly made food. I thought that was odd, but I didn't think anything of it at the time. Simply walked back to my room, turning the lights off as I went. Next morning, I asked my mom why she had left the TV and lights on, and she said that she hadn't, that she had gone straight to bed when she got home and hadn't prepared any lunch or breakfast for any of us as it was a weekend. My dad said he had also heard the TV on and thought it may have been me not being able to sleep and had turned it off. My parents were actually bickering with each other of who was going to get up and scorn me for having the TV so loud. I told him that I was actually the one to get up and turn it off. I know it wasn't my brother as he slept with me during that time because he was scared of the dark like any normal kid. So up until now, we have no clue why the TV was on full blast and why all the lights were on. My last experience happened to both my mom and me. 
I was about 14 or 15 years old. My brother and I were having a sleepover in my mom's room, and my dad was gone on a hunting trip, so we would normally sleep with my mom when my dad was gone. It was late, and all three of us were in her bed. My brother was already asleep and was slightly snoring. My mom and I were sitting up on the bed having a conversation. We started laughing about something. We said, out of nowhere, we hear this very loud and deep, shh, as if a man was shushing us for being too loud. We both suddenly stopped laughing and looked at each other with wide eyes. We look over at my brother and he's still sound asleep. Plus, there's no way that he could have produced such a deep shushing sound. My mom got up and checked the hallway to see if my dad had possibly come home and snuck up on us. But there was no one home besides the three of us. We don't know who or what made this sound, but all I know is that we went straight to sleep after we heard this. Other than these three experiences, I don't remember anything else happening. I still don't think the house is haunted because I've never felt anything malicious or negative from any of these experiences in general. But I don't have an explanation for any of these events. Let me know what you think. I'll continue to listen as well and send in another few experiences that I've had outside of the house, as well as experiences of family members. Thank you, and keep up the good work. I think the house is haunted. And it may not be because the house is fairly new, may not be the house and maybe where it's sitting. But there's something in the house that's unexplainable. And I think it's interesting that it's going about its life and they're going about their life. It makes you wonder if in a different time, if they're seeing the ghost of them and telling them to be quiet. (laughs) You know, I wonder about that sometimes. It's like if it's like a parallel dimension and the the ghosts that you're seeing are, are just literally people going about their lives. And the ghosts that they're seeing are you going about your life. And Mm -hmm. it's just kind of crossing over. And both are like, what the hell? Right. You know, it'd be, it'd be really, um, really intriguing to find like a documented case of something where uh, it's like a haunted house and, and you're living in it. And then uh, you come across the story of, oh, oh, someone wrote a, 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 a letter or a story about this very house being haunted uh, 50 years ago. And then you read the case and they're describing what looks like your family that they're seeing in the house. Right. Ghost of the future. That's a movie. What? Right there. Ghost of the future. Ghosts of the future. <laughs> It'd be great. It'd be interesting. Matthew McConaughey. Right. That's your go-to. Tara Reed. Oh, geez. And Gallagher. Star. <laughs> In Ghosts of the Future. That's a movie nobody's going to see based on who you cast. <laughs> we got a Tara reading Gallagher? Yeah. It'd be, really, it'd be very, very... Um, uh, you could you, like, like make no uh, confusion as to Gallagher. And that's why you have to have Gallagher in there. Because like, I see this ghost of a man wearing striped and plaid clothing hitting watermelons with a large mallet. Mm-hmm. Gallagher. There's no doubt about it. It's Gallagher. <laughs> okay. And then, yeah, that, that's that's why you have Gallagher in there. Just to really make sure there's no question about it. Yeah. So, um, it, I wonder about that sometimes. I, another thing that they talked about in this is almost like the pre-qualifier of ghosts being uh, malevolent, like, for it to be a haunting. It was almost kind of phrased like, well, because they're not bad, mm-hmm. it's not ghosts. Ghosts aren't always bad. Right. I think that's insulting ghosts a little bit. It's a little <laughs> bit like... Ghostist. A little ghostist right there to be assuming every ghost is a bad ghost. Well, I think some of them are just still 
going about their life. They just are dead and no. they don't realize it. Or maybe they do realize it and they don't know what else to do. So they're just going to do what they've always done. Watch reruns of Gallagher. Did you watch Gallagher no, as a kid? I did not watch Gallagher. I thought that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little Gallagherist. I guess so. I enjoyed watching the watermelons explode. I thought that was, it was like, it was back when you had like three channels. We didn't have cable. I know you had satellite and you could watch, you know, Zuzon 3 or whatever. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> whatever galaxy you were watching uh -huh. television shows on. Um, but I didn't know that the stuff even existed. So and I'm like, I take it back. There was like, there's about four, there was three main networks. Then you had Fox and whatever like the third one or the fifth one was, which would have been uh, at the time some just weird local channel that showed movies in rerun form. Or, or there was like WB back then, then became CW, which then became, I don't know what Wasn't that, that family channel to begin with? Do you have a family channel? Family channel is a cable channel. Oh, okay. You and your galaxies. Shut up. It's things like family channel. <laughs> Shit. The only thing we had like close to family channel was like some weird like religious station that was broadcasting out of the back of somebody's trailer that was like in some weird part of the woods that nobody heard about. Yeah, we and, didn't have that. And then it would like, oh my God. Yeah. Literally. Um, <laughs> family channel. But um, that was that was something that was like a precursor. I think it was ABC family, which changed yeah. into something else. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think it went like anyway. Okay. <laughs> We're talking about the, the life of networks. But uh, anyway, Gallagher would be sometimes on like one of those fourth or fifth channels on like a Sunday afternoon. It's like and now a uh, Sunday afternoon with Gallagher. And it's just like four hours of him just smashing fruit. Like, this is fun. The hell else are you going to do in Wisconsin? Drink? You're only eight. You got to wait till you're at least 12 for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd do anything but watch that, I think. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> well, maybe we'll get some Gallagher in. Don't think so. Gallagher marathon around here. 855-853-4802. Uh, is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to our next story. It says, typically, when I tell uh, people that I grew up in a haunted house, I get a grab bag of mixed results. Some ask questions. Others suddenly seem very uncomfortable. But I have come to accept all of it as a side effect of how I was raised. Maybe I should start with a brief background of the area, property, and home before I get to the details. I grew up in Ashtubla, Ohio, which is located right in the northeast corner of Ohio between Lake Erie and Pennsylvania. It's a cold region with very little commerce. Life is poor, to say the least. The home I grew up in used to sit along the lakefront, but when erosion started taking uh, it under our house and its uh, twin was moved to its current location, the property in which it sits used to be a peach orchard. The sole owner of the orchard lived in a small white house two doors down. Pearl was an elderly woman by the time my family moved in, but her memories and mind were sharp. Her story is sad, but ties into the tale I'm about to tell you. She was married fairly young to the son of a peach farmer. Their home was built between where the two houses sit now. It was a large gray home with white trim. Pearl and her husband had six children. On a January night, their house burned to the ground. The only survivors were Pearl and her husband, all six children, killed. The children ranged in age from 3 to 11. Needless to say, Pearl's husband was riddled with guilt for not saving his children, and Pearl stated he cried all the time. He could take no more. Two months after the fire that destroyed her life, Pearl found her husband hanging from the tree in the backyard. The tree stands to this day. 
Well, fast forward to 1987 when I was nine years old and uh, with my young family, uh, not knowing the history or story surrounding our new home, it didn't take long for us to notice things. It started out fairly innocent. The sound of footsteps up and down the stairs. My little brother, who was three at the time, talking about the shadow man on the stairs. These could easily be explained away, and so they were. But then things started happening that were not so easily explained away. It was 2 a.m. when our first episode happened. My father was, at the time, working for a long-haul trucking company and was gone quite a bit. It was on one of these occasions that we were woken by a loud whistling sound coming from the basement. I remember... How funny it seemed at the time, like a scene out of I Love Lucy. Me and my mom creeping down the stairs in our nightgowns, baseball bats raised to the heavens, just in case we had the whistling bandit hanging out in our basement. What we found was my brother's old red robot walking across the floor. Now, the strangeness of the situation is probably not hitting you yet. Let me elaborate. My brother had not played with this robot in over two years. The robot not only required batteries, but water in order to operate correctly, and it only whistled when the remote was pressed. All three were missing from the robot when my mom inspected it. That incident was creepy, but what happened next was terrifying. My father had a habit when he was home. He would go for a morning jog at around 5 a.m. daily. This was no different. Dad got up and I could hear him go out to the back door and crunch his shoes in the snow going down the driveway. Within three minutes, the back door slammed open and what I thought was my father came running up the stairs. I heard my mother say, what are you doing? Before she screamed. When I went to see what happened, she was clammy and looked terrified. Here's what she told me. She too had heard my father leave and then the running up the stairs. She had kind of yelled at my dad because she didn't want him waking up my brother when all of a sudden she was being held down on her side and someone whispered in her ear, I know what you did. That's when she screamed. We searched the house from top to bottom and even had my father check when he got home and there was no one in that house or anyone set of footsteps in the snow left by my dad leaving for his jog. And then, just as things happened, they stopped. Instantly, as if a switch was clicked, and then the second wave hit with a vengeance. By this time, I'm an adult with my own child, and my brother's a teenager who's about eight years with about eight years that had lapsed. The first indication that things were not right was when I had first brought my son home from the hospital and went to do laundry in the basement. I was alone in the house and made sure that every door and window in the house was locked and secure before I left my brand new baby sleeping in this bassinet while I went down to start the next load. I was halfway back up the stairs when the basement door slammed shut on me. I ran up the stairs and at this point in the thinking, in time thinking a draft must have slammed it shut. I'd open it and it would get about, uh, it would open up about a few inches, but then something would push it. It would slam in my face again. We did this three times before I'd had enough. I yelled out that they had to let me up now and that the door, it would just pop open. My son was not only still sleeping, but no one was there. And all the windows in the house closed. The next incident was with my was when my son was looking out the back door and he said, I like that man. He was two at the time and unfortunately, I couldn't see the man he was talking about. Overactive imagination, I thought, and went back to what I was doing. This happened every day for over a year, and finally I asked him of his friend's name. Nope, I don't talk to him. He just leans against that tree. 
Now, yes, you have guessed it. It was the old Buckeye tree where Pearl's husband had hanged himself. Talk about chills. In this time, uh, in this time, minor incidents were also going on in the house. We'd have paper floating off the computer desk, hovering in the air, then landing back onto the desk. We'd have glasses of water appear in our kitchen when no one had filled one. Things would come up missing. My son's toys would seemingly play on their own. I had a Finding Nemo stuffed doll come hurling at me out of the toy room. Not gently dropping on the floor, it was spinning like a football. My mom was hit in the leg by a block that was supposed to be in the block bin behind the closed door of my son's playroom. And then there were the footsteps. They were no longer happening only at night. It was all day long, up and down the stairs. Sometimes it sounded like a stampede, it was so loud. Then there was the mommy that was constantly whispered in my ear. Day or night, I could hear it, but I got called mommy by some unforeseen child daily. All the pictures we took during this time frame had issues. We changed the batteries in the camera, buy a new camera. We even tried only using digital. Nothing would clear them up. We'd have blue streaks dancing around our heads, shadows hovering over the tables, or strange swirls on our faces. And we thought that nothing could be worse than this. Well, we didn't realize they were just warming up. The real surprises were yet to come. In 2005, we were chosen by our cat to be his family. I say this because he walked into our back door uninvited and has been with us ever since. His name is Sherman, and although we sometimes think he has a screw loose, he's basically a good cat and one that absolutely loves children. When he first came into the house, things started happening. We'd hear what we thought were the neighbors fighting, but turns out to be something else. Our neighbors had moved because strange things were happening in their house as well, and so they left. So our home, we thought, would now be silent. It was one night that we finally heard what it said. Get it out, was yelled in a woman's voice. My mom thought I had said it. I thought my mom had said it. Once we realized that there was no other explanation, we started getting worried. Then my cat went into the front sitting room one night and started to freak out. I mean, he was literally jumping off the walls, screeching, hissing, appeared to be genuinely terrified. He was hissing and spitting at the far right corner of the room. I went in to try and get him out, but ended up with a very nice scar on my arm instead. Finally, I yelled out, leave him alone. And the front curtain lifted up and then drifted down like someone was holding it up. And then my cat was there. We also were having thermostat issues. Our furnace was always set at 70 degrees. It had been that way for years now, but all of a sudden it would jump up to 90 degrees. We'd be sweating on 10 below zero days. I thought my son was playing with it and he would always deny it when I'd finally ask him. Finally, I took him by the hand and explained to him that we couldn't do that with a thermostat because it could catch the house on fire, and I pushed it back down to 70. I was about three steps away when I heard it click on again. I turned around, and once you know it, the thermostat was back on 90. I started to take a step back to it when I heard what I can only explain as a grunt or a growl, yell kind of noise. Obviously male, and obviously not in the mood to be playing around with me in the thermostat. So I took my son and started walking away when I heard the same male voice grunt, get out. And so I did. I left the house and called my mom on her cell and said, I will not step back in that house until it's taken care of. That day we had a priest come in to bless the house, but it didn't help. If anything, it made it worse. 
Now, my dad was seeing shadows hanging out at the end of the bed. We all felt pinched, slapped, and pushed sometimes. But the worst part was that there were times when the room you were sitting in felt like it was falling. Can't really explain this part well because it would happen so fast, but it always happened during dinners. We'd sit down either in the dining room or living room, which were not in the same area of the house, and we'd hear a loud boom and feel the floor fall about six inches. This happened twice, so we called in some experts to check the foundation of the house, the plumbing, anything we could think of, and everything was fine. We finally had it. In 2006, we moved to Florida and now live in a ghost-free zone. We all sleep better. We've all stopped smoking, and for the first time in my life, my son is able to sleep through the night peacefully. As for the house, it was purchased by a good friend of ours with the understanding that it was haunted. He has since told us that he plans on selling the house very soon. Apparently, they don't like him either. That is so active, and I can only imagine that, you know, you have the ghost of six kids playing with everything and doing stuff, and then you have something that's obviously very angry messing with things, too, so... It's not just one thing. It's at least six or seven things. I'm glad they were able to get out. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that I'm, I'm wondering if the friend, I'd love to hear how that went with, oh, I don't believe in ghosts. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think you'd willingly buy the house if you genuinely believed everything that your friend was telling you. Yeah. And then it'd be interesting to hear, interesting to hear. Uh, that part two of the story of why that person's wanting to get out too. Mm-hmm. If it's the same sort of stuff. Because mm-hmm. at first you know, I was thinking, oh, it's innocent. It's just, it's these kids. Sure. You know, and, and that seems like it's some of it, but it seems like there's a lot more than just that mm-hmm. going on uh, in the house. Thanks for sharing that one. That was a really good story. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Let's go to a caller. Hi. Uh, hey there, um, podcast listeners. Uh, my name is Arthur. I'm from uh, Maryland, and uh, I currently live in one of the oldest houses in our county. Um, construction began in the uh, 1650s and ended you know, in the early 1700s, and right now the original property is about uh, five acres of what it used to be, and uh, I live on those five acres, and on the property there's four standing structures. There's a uh, the main house, the barn, a chicken coop, and a, uh, a clock shed. And uh, there's electricity to the main house and the main house only. And there's no electricity to any of the other uh, the other the other you know buildings on property. And when you pull up the driveway, on the left side you got the house, and on the right side you've got the, uh, the shed and the barns on the far end next to the chicken coop. You can't really see it from the driveway, especially at night. And uh, one night, a couple of weeks ago, I pulled up the driveway and I realized that uh, there was a light on in the shed. You know, remind you that there is no electricity to this shed and there hasn't been for a long time. And I pull up and I, I think it's odd. And the main door to the shed is blocked in by a tractor. You know, we can't really get into it because it's just the door, you know, and it has a big blue New Holland tractor in front of it, and there's no, you know, you can no get around it. So then you got to go into a side door. And that side door is nowhere near the light switch. The light switch is on the other side next to the door that is being blocked by the, the tractor. 
So I park the car and I get outside and I, I walk in or I walk up to the, the shed to go turn off the light and I, I start feeling a little a little scared. I'm not gonna lie. I felt you know, not necessarily that there was a ghost or anything inside it, but that uh, maybe somebody was in there that wasn't supposed to be in there. So I, you know, said, you know, I got all everything I needed to get up back in my uh in my mind and I walked to the door and I opened up the door and I said, you know, if anybody's in there, you better come out or, you know, I'm going to come in. I sat there for a second. Nothing happened. So I said one more time, you know, just anybody's in there, come on out. Nothing happened. So I uh, walked in. I was making my way to the light switch and, you know, the, the light is on and bright. There's no uh, denying it. And I, uh, I get to the, I get to the light or just, just about to the light and right in front of me, right before my eyes, it just switches right off. Dust comes off it and everything, and I hightail I, I it out of there and I run away. It was probably one of the scariest things I've uh, ever dealt with, but um, you know, it, it was it was real. You know, it's really there. And I, I've dealt with stuff in the past with the house. You know, thinking I hear something, thinking I see something, but it's not often where something like that so crazy happens because you know the next the next day I got up and I called the uh, up the um, people that are you know. People that do the electricity in our area, and they said, uh, and told me how to check this new darn box they got, and there, uh, there's nothing going to the uh, the shed. There hasn't been because it just was a waste of money. So uh, I, I thought it was interesting. The other stuff that's happened in the house has kind of just been hearsay. Nobody really knows. You know, it could be anything. I've had guests see stuff. I think I've seen stuff before, but nine times out of ten, I just kind of. Uh, Rush it off is not real, but you know, other than random bumps in the night or every now and then waking up with a scratch that probably was there before, but maybe not have been. But the shed, that that light switch thing really got to me, and it was pretty spooky. And uh, I thought you yeah, I'd like to hear about it. Maybe we'll end up on the show. Other than that, if y'all ever want to hear more about the creepy hauntings that might happen over here at the in good old Southern Maryland, I'll, uh, I'll give you guys another ring, no doubt. Thank you. I think sometimes just the simplest stories can can be so creepy. Just just a light bulb and no explanation. The settings too, because you're mm-hmm. thinking about this old shed that's out there by itself and yeah. kind of decrepit, mm-hmm. and then there's no power going to that thing. Yeah, how is this happening? No answer, Mm-mm. no explanation. Thank you for sharing that uh, that story with us. We do greatly uh, appreciate it. Uh, did I mention the live show on this episode or did I mention it on the other episode? I know you did on the other episode. Okay. Our live show, by the way, mm-hmm. coming up August 11th uh, at the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And Jenny's going to tell you all about it. I am not. You are. <laughs> it's like when I put you on the spot. No. It's like Jenny's going to do it all right. <laughs> uh, Eureka Springs, Arkansas. It's it's a great hotel. It's creepy as, as hell. Uh, it's a, a wonderful hotel. It's a beautiful hotel. Uh, but it's 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 haunted. They got some good ghost stories there, and they love it. They like there's like uh, 
they have a person there that's all about the ghost stories. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, Keith is he's been on the other show on the Grave Talks. He's going to join us for an episode of the Grave Talks there live that night. Um, and he does all their ghost tours and investigations and all that. Very interesting uh, storyteller. So we'll be doing that and an episode of Real Ghost Stories online live as well, where in lieu of callers, it's going to be you guys in the studio sharing your ghost stories with us. It's going to be like this big kind of group therapy session. <laughs> Of, of ghost stories yeah it really is i mean this kind of this is like really our truly our first uh paranormal group therapy session mm-hmm. but it's uh it's a live show so if you want to go tickets are 25 bucks get them uh, through eventbrite but you can get the link there at real ghost stories online uh dot com and uh get your tickets uh it's probably going to sell out so uh, get them while you can uh and it's gonna be a fun night intimate night there's only so many tickets we have uh for this uh, so I hope you can uh, can join us. Lots of ways to get in. If you're if obviously if you're in the Arkansas, Missouri, what are some other areas nearby that are drivable? Oklahoma, Kansas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Texas, even really, mm-hmm. um, you know, depending on how far deep in Texas and how much you like to drive, um, you know, but we're talking you know, a couple hour drive from most mm-hmm. directions here in the center of the U.S. Um, so there's some options for you if you want to fly in closest airports. Jenny, uh, it would honestly be. <sighs> My guess, you could fly into Tulsa and drive over. Uh, the Bentonville air- Airport, you could drive into. That mm-hmm. would be close by. Bigger cities, uh, Tulsa, Bentonville has it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Springfield. Springfield, Little Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Oklahoma City. Yeah, I Maybe mean, if you're... It depends. Yeah. yeah. So, lots of options. Take a look. See what works for you. Um, it's going to be a fun night. Uh, they're at uh, the Crescent and tickets are limited. So check that out. And we hope to see you August 11th. Make a weekend. Make it like the end of your summer celebration or whatever. And, uh, you know, make a weekend of it there in town. There's a lot to see, a lot to do. If you like Ghost Up, you listen to the show. Obviously, the town's packed with it. It's it's like no other town if you've never been there. Just <laughs> Google it. It's cool. So we'll see you there. Um, that's going to wrap up this episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like our show, extra podcast, person become one at ghostpodcast.com. EPPs, in fact, they found out about the live uh, the ticket sales before anybody else. It's another perk. You get in on stuff before everybody else. As well as uh, bonus episodes every single week, advanced episodes, free copy of the book, ghostpodcast.com uh, or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Until next time, for Jenny, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you are anything like us at Thrift Books, you love books. You know, real books made of ink and printed on paper. With over 13 million used and new books, starting as low as $3.99, Thrift Books has your next great adventure, affordable textbook or cozy afternoon, any format, edition and condition right at your fingertips. Visit thriftbooks.com podcast and find your next favorite book today. For the love of books, Thrift Books. If you are anything like us at Thrift Books, you love books, you know, real books made of ink and printed on paper. With over 13 million used and new books, starting as low as $3.99, Thrift Books has your next great adventure. Affordable textbook or cozy afternoon. Any format, edition, and condition, right at your fingertips. Visit thriftbooks.com podcast and find your next favorite book today. For the love of books, Thrift Books. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, 
All the data makes it all that much better. Smile. You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. If you are anything like us at Thrift Books, you love books. You know, real books. Made of ink and printed on paper. With over 13 million used and new books, starting as low as $3.99, Thrift Books has your next great adventure. Affordable textbook or cozy afternoon. Any format, edition, and condition. Right at your fingertips. Visit thriftbooks.com slash podcast and find your next favorite book today. For the love of books, Thrift Books. If you are anything like us at Thrift Books, you love books. You know, real books, made of ink and printed on paper. With over 13 million used and new books, starting as low as $3.99, Thrift Books has your next great adventure. Affordable textbook or cozy afternoon. Any format, edition, and condition, right at your fingertips. Visit thriftbooks.com slash podcast and find your next favorite book today. For the love of books, Thrift Books. If you are anything like us at Thrift Books, you love books. You know, real books, made of ink and printed on paper. With over 13 million used and new books, starting as low as $3.99, Thrift Books has your next great adventure. Affordable textbook or cozy afternoon. Any format, edition, and condition, right at your fingertips. Visit thriftbooks.com slash podcast and find your next favorite book today. For the love of books, Thrift Books. The Samson Barbecue Grill is the official grill of backyard fun for you and your mosquitoes. Whether you're grilling for one or feeding the whole brood of mosquitoes, our durable and portable grills are perfect for patios, backyards, and engorged mosquitoes. Don't let mosquitoes ruin the moment. Orkin, home is where the bugs aren't. Visit orkin.com to learn more.